let's let's touch on that and let's bring that back into the interview because I mean I think it's really important to be um uh financially compliant with everything that's going on like because there's, there's all these regulations and you know you gotta be compliant mm-hmm. and you know you can't you know you gotta be careful with the device you give otherwise you could you know it could come against you you know uh maybe leonardo should enough you know settle this mumbo jumbo but i mean how important for you is it um and how different is it for you now because now you're you're, you're self-employed right self-employed it's it's a different kind of it's a different kind of game you have to be more careful more strict how has that been for you now well i think i think you know the market or the industry is kind of moving in that direction because over the last couple of years we've had a lot of there's always one um trading activity that is causing problems so when i was when i was trading it was carbon credits that was one of the big things at the time that was causing a big a big problem and you know the 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 concern was actively putting clients in in the wrong investments um that they couldn't get their money out okay um and and obviously the you know the caveat past performance is not indicator of future results and all that kind of stuff that you have to say um i think now the difference is I'm dealing with a lot more um, bigger pots of finances and I'm dealing with a lot more areas like yeah. pensions and, and mortgages okay. and insurance, uh, stuff yeah. like that. So the, 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 main, the main focus is, is about uh, giving the right mm-hmm. advice. I feel that if you're in a position to give the right advice, then you're you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, but it's again, it is still driven by the client because a lot of it is based on what the client tells you. That takes away pressure from you. So I can imagine, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I can only go off what the client yeah. tells me, and it's my job to get the right all the information <laughs> out of them to get as much from them yeah. as possible. But if they only tell me one side of the story and I advise them based on that side of the story and something happens yeah. to them, then they need they, they would have to take some responsibility in that, that as sense. well. Um, so that's, that's, that's the fear at the moment. With financial advisors, for us, it's important that, you know, we're having the conversations with, with our clients or individuals and getting an overall understanding of what their, their situation mm-hmm. looks like. Whereas back in the day, it was... You know, there was almost an element of, you know, I I, I, I care, but I don't really yeah. care. I just need to know you have the money to make okay, trade. Yeah, so it was a different, you know, different sense of motivations in the past. Because obviously, yeah. I guess in the past, maybe if you were younger, you're a bit more kind of money driven, a bit more greedy. But in in the present yeah. day, you're more kind of like um, purposeful. You want to see your clients, you know, yeah. succeed because there's also your success. And you also want to keep a good yeah. reputation as well. I'm sure reputation is really important in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me at the moment, and just in general, with being a financial advisor, yeah. reputation is is very important because um, you you ultimately want your clients to be able to speak highly yeah. of you, and you want to provide them. This is yeah. about service, you know. This is about me servicing yeah. my clients, so I want to provide them a, a, a proper service, so that you know if they are in a position to to speak to someone, they could say, look, you know, I've got a good financial advisor. Michael knows what he's doing. He's helping yeah. me this. If you need some help, go to him. And it's a similar thing with, you know, we do that with yeah. accountants. You know, if you have a good accountant, someone has a problem, say, look, I've got a good accountant. Go here, uh, go speak to him. And he yeah. saw that. It's the same yeah. thing. You, you want to have that conversation. Yeah. Um, it, it, with, with the broken side uh-huh. of things, um, 
it, it's it's so fast paced that to today you could be the hero, <laughs> tomorrow you could be the villain. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, your, your, the client can love you one day and then the next day they can hate you just off it's the same trait. Because it's a, you know? it's a more of a short-term thing, isn't it? Whereas with the financial planning yeah. or wealth management, whatever, that's more kind of long-term. So it gives you opportunity to kind of build relationships and build a reputation that you need yeah. to kind of um, get even more clients. And how has that been for you? Like um, getting clients, it, you know, have you um, had to really kind of prospect, you know, really, really hard to get clients? Cause I mean, you're looking for a certain persona, you're looking for a certain candidate, maybe someone that earns X amount, that you know that is in this kind of situation that wants to get to this kind of goal. Are these the kind of people that you're kind of looking for to work with, right? Yeah, I think for me, the one thing that I, I'm trying to really focus on is, if yeah. I was to be honest, I, I want to find a lot of people that are like me, that look like me, um, that are in the same kind of situations that I'm in. Um, you know, with uh, family, young family, trying to build for yeah. the long term, um, and and haven't always had that education. Mm. You know, a, a lot of the reason why I understand um, how to consider going about yeah. things is because I'm now in the position um, to speak to people about financial yeah. advice. Prior to that, some of this stuff nobody told me. You know, when I was a broker, I don't remember a financial advisor coming to me and telling me, "Hey, you need to put your money here, and you need yeah. to do this." Do you know what I mean? So I think I, I kind of think about it from perspective of what would um, Michael, the broker, um, would have wanted? What would I be saying to that guy in terms of what kind of yeah. advice would I be putting yeah. in place? And and that's what I want. So, so you know, especially um, being a minority to some extent, you know, in yeah. terms of um, being black, I don't think it's always about mm -hmm. the colour. But, you know, when you are in a position where you don't always see people that look yeah. like you in those kind of scenarios or those kind yeah. of positions, you don't always feel that those areas are for mm. you. And, I, and I'm basically here now to, to basically tell people that, yeah, wealth management's for you nice, as well. Nice. You know, you can have a mm. conversation. There's nothing wrong with That's having what we a conversation. Need. If you want to find, a, yeah, if you want to find a, 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 a financial advisor, um, there's there, these people out there to help you because they have been helping our, our white counterparts and, you know, um, all, all the other um, individuals uh, exactly the same way. So what's stopping you from having that conversation and having someone like that to help you with your, your finances? That's very well? encouraging to hear. I mean, I mean, I have to take, I have to, you know, give you a little snap because it's so true, especially over the past 12 months or so. Um, we've been in a situation where, uh, you know, maybe black people have, you know, been not been portrayed in the best possible light. You know, we've had you know, things, things yeah. against us and it's important more than ever to have a lot more black role models and um, a lot more um, stereotyping being changed because yeah. obviously with black people, we need to see that, you know, we, we have access to everything that the white person has access to, you know, um, you know that, yeah. you know, if you have a family of you're married, you know, and you've got money, you know, just because, you know, a lot of white people have financial plans doesn't mean that you can't, you can also have one too. But I really like what you, the, the point that you mentioned where you want to work with people like you, you know, they're married, they've got kids, maybe they got some money. They don't really know what to do with it. They don't really have a financial education because again, you've then carved out your own niche of clients to work with just by doing that. And that's yeah. really, really fine. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, again, for me, um, the the focus is about um, wealth in, in, in the sense of uh, having an abundance of, of something. So it doesn't necessarily have to be money. For me, the wealth aspect is the okay. mindset, the mm-hmm. mentality. So it's not just about the money because um, we haven't always been in a position where we were raised with, with the finances mm-hmm. uh, to understand how to kind of manage your finances. Um, but if you get into a position where you can understand yeah. that now, even if financially you're not in a position to do so, you might be able to mm-hmm. do so later. But more importantly, you might be in a position to pass that on to the next yeah. generation so that when the next generation comes, yeah. they're ready. They're in a position to to build up themselves financially and put themselves in a better position. So for me, that's what's important about the wealth side of things in terms of wealth management. It's about the mindset. It's about the, the mentality of what you're doing. And is that your favorite pit? Is that your favorite part of uh, financial planning or management? Um, helping people to kind of create genera- generational wealth for the future? Because I want to go back to another point that you mentioned on that article. Again, I'm going to put it in the show notes because it was actually pretty good for someone like me who... Mm it's not very cleared up in this industry where you mentioned how obviously the average black household or average African household may only take in maybe 24 K. Whereas with the Asian household, the average Asian household could take in over a quarter of a million because they all stick together and they bring their finances together. They buy a house, they buy a property, you know, maybe take the equity out, put it into another property and they just rinse and repeat. Right. So, um, whilst, yeah. So basically like, is that your favorite? Is that kind of, what you love about what you do is that one of the most favorite parts the, the whole generational wealth side of yeah I think, I think it is i think it is because um i think we've had these conversations uh for a long time and we, we just haven't really executed it and that's probably one of our biggest problems we we talk a big game but we don't execute it and Thank you. one one of the things is that um you know it you know, those sayings, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. You know, these are the kind of things that our parents were doing way yeah. back when. And we just haven't figured out how to do it with our generation. And a lot of it is about working together, um, you know, kind of bringing our yeah. money together um, to build things. Um, and, and that includes in the family as well. And this is why when you, you touch on that point, um, our, our Asian Indian <laughs> counterparts are because they are actively in the household together. There might be 10 of them in there. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not going <laughs> to um, question where it is. But they're together and they have all their money yeah. together and they're building together where it's it's quite easy for us as a community to, you know, you get to your, your teens and your 16, 17 and you already want to kind of leave the household and be your man or, you know, kind of mm-hmm. find your own place or you get kicked <laughs> out and then before you know it, your own and you're trying to figure yeah. things out um but that's that's what makes it harder it for us to grow what makes it harder because mm-hmm. then before you know it the biggest expense is your yeah. rent and that's taken a lot of your it's income true. already so how are you how are you supposed to uh grow in line with your other counterparts when they're growing together they don't have to put in as much to to generate yeah. something and you're having to build everything off your own back and more importantly um, we're seeing this uh, employment gap where we're not always in the position where we're getting the the same salaries or we're getting the yeah. same roles as people 
people that, that are the same age as us and, and in those positions. So that's another thing that we have to mm. deal with. The, the difference between the salaries yeah. and such. What, what with black people or just in general? In age. I think, I think okay. in general, because, you know, we're talking about black people, we're talking about men and women, um, you know, we're talking about, um, it's, it's, I would say mainly those those kind of scenarios. In, ter- in terms of black people, mm-hmm. um, we're now starting to move into okay. those roles where we're starting to earn those finances. Yeah. And I think now it's about um, how best to, to kind of utilize that um, because we're still not doing things t- collectively. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I don't think it's going to be something that just happens yeah. overnight. But I think, um, you know, I always, I, I, did, a, I did a podcast um, last couple of months with Facebook. We were talking about generational yeah. wealth. And somebody asked what would be some of the things that you do mm-hmm. now. And, you know, you get the usual you know, budget <laughs> and plan for your future and that kind of stuff. And that was me saying that. <laughs> but the one thing that I said was talk to your family. Talk to your family about yeah. finances. Have the conversation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't be afraid to have open up and have those conversations. You'd be surprised what you learn from your parents or what your parents will learn from you or, or what you understand about finances by just having those those conversations first. And once you're, you're comfortable with having those conversations yeah. first, then if you feel like you need to go to an expert, speak to a financial mm. advisor. Yeah. Nah, that's some practical advice. And um, as we're getting towards the end of this episode, what other advice would you, would you actually give for someone who's trying to um, manage or, or plan for, for the future in terms of finances. And I think this might be a, you know, a, a double ended question because again, I'll probably ask you as well. Um, how has it been for you navigating, you know, being a financial planner in this COVID COVID world where, you know, things are a lot more uncertain. I mean, you've got the end of, end of furlough coming up. You have um, potentially the stock market could crash because of what's happening around the world. You have, um, you know, people trying to move to, to cryptocurrency because, you know, they think fiat currency is coming to an end. I mean, there's so much happening right now in on, on the market. Um, I, could be, I could go on and on and on. How has it been for you navigating this financial planning, you know, industry in, in a COVID world for you when there's so much un- un- uncertainty? It's been, it's been, it hasn't been easy because um, what, what tends to happen is, um, you know, this is where people start to come to you because we're now in the panic yeah. zone. So people are now coming to you expecting a, uh, either a get rich quick scheme or a, a, a solution <laughs> now to, to solve things in That's most cases. And, and the reality yeah. is um, my, my job is to yeah. plan ahead. So um, although I can, uh, you know, kind of advise on things that you should do now. My real, the real question that I would ask my clients is, um, what would you have in place if this was to happen again? Mm, that's that's key. That is that is key. Because again, you know, I don't think any of us in a million years would have thought this would be the situation yeah. that we're dealing with. You know, redundancies, furloughs. Um, you know, I was in one place, I moved from that place to another, um, 
you know, having to deal with with that kind of transition in this period of time was tough in itself. Having to get my license again from one company to another and and, and kind of transitioning there, finding clients yeah. again, but not having to run around where I was going back and forth from one from bank to Piccadilly to um, Marlborough, Mayfair, all these other places to go meet people. And now I'm in the in yeah. my house trying yeah. to meet people. You know what I mean? Online. So it's it's a big yeah, it's a big transition. transition yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things that you have to battle with. But that would be the 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 focus for me when I'm speaking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all good and well putting you know kind of a bandage on top of things now, and if I can do that, brilliant. But what would you put in place if this was okay. happen again? Okay. Okay. That's very interesting. You just answered two questions in one, which is really good because I asked you about advice and also asked you, how are you navigating the COVID world? And through that, you've actually given advice. So uh, thanks for sharing that. I try to be, I try to be efficient, you know, I try my best. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. Stack your money, um, look at investments, um, you know, depending on your situation, um, I would say take risk. I think I think in this kind of market, it is worth taking some element of risk. But you know, the the main rule I always go by is is risk what you can afford nice. to lose. You know that that's always been the rule that mm-hmm. I've looked at when I was mm-hmm. a broker. It was always the rule that saved me when I was trading mm-hmm. people's money because you have a lot of people that um, you know you they almost transition into gamblers because of the fact yeah. that they just want yeah. to trade. They don't care. <laughs> looks like and if it goes what bad then you get the sub stories like that was my that was my daughter's <laughs> education money you know i needed that I, kind of said, yeah. well, I told you to afford only trade when you can afford lose, to yeah. lose so if you're putting in money that you might need for the boiler or you know you might need for the kids or for the yeah. car or anything you know should you be you using contingency it? Should you be trading well. it yeah you need contingency yeah. funds as well which yeah. is very true yeah I mean, we can go on and on and on, um, but yeah, I'm going to start to bring this to a close. Um, who would you say like it has inspired you in just in general? Like when it comes to finance, usually in the same conversation, you may hear people like Warren Buffett. Um, I've been listening a yeah, lot. I've been listening well. a lot to an entrepreneur <laughs> called Neil McCoy Ward. I'm a British entrepreneur, but I mean, he's very good when it comes to finances and economics. Um, you know, he's got a huge YouTube following as well. Um, yeah, I mean, who would you say, or what, what kind of books, who would you say you've kind of um, looked to, to kind of help you navigate this financial realm? I mean, I guess from a, Warren Buffett has always been uh, a key one for me. The, the one thing I always remember uh, seeing from him was, you know, kind of uh, save first and spend what's yeah. left after, you know, which was something that kind of drilled into my head. Um, from an early age Um, so that that was always something that I I looked Mm. at there Um, but I guess the the other the other person when I when I think about it uh, now is my mum really Um, only because um, you know when I think back at the stuff that she used to tell me to do with my money (laughs) I was like, no, nah, nah, I ain't got time for that. No, nah, I'm busy. Like, oh, go buy land. Oh, go do this. I'm like, nah, I'm busy. And you know, when I think back, it was it it was it was the it's right advice. advice. It was the stuff yeah. that I should have been doing. So, you know, and she was it. She was someone that was always saving. Mm, um, you know, um, 
And I think the the kind of the contrast, yeah. you know, I always saw my as the spender. I wouldn't say he was a spender, okay. but I think there was always the element that if I wanted to buy something, I go to <laughs> my dad. And you know, if, if it was about putting money away or you know, yeah. kind of saving, it was it was my mum. Mm-hmm. So that was that's kind of how I thought about it. So yeah, the moral of the story is um, you know, mum's always <laughs> right. You know. You hear that, mum? Yeah. Mum, you're always right. <laughs> if you're listening, yeah. I can I can relate. <laughs> I can absolutely relate to you, man. With with my parents, in a sense, actually, both of them are very good with finances. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? So I was asking to ask you. So we have all these apps. We have all these softwares. We have all of this. We have the inter- access to the internet. I could go on. I could list a whole bunch of tools and videos and stuff. YouTubers, etc. Why should we still have a financial planner before you bring this to a close? Because uh, you can put all your information into an app. Yeah. Um, But the app can't tell you what you should do if your situation Mm. changes. Powerful. Okay. So it's all good and well. Um, using these apps and it's serious it's a, it's a real thing I, and you know naturally there will be at some point where um, there will be ideas to, to automate kind of financial advice mm. um, but uh, an app can't tell you what they think you yeah. should do based just for mm. you what's important okay. to you an app, an app doesn't do yeah. that um, an app tells you what makes sense to do logically oh at the moment that's what it would do um you know i'm i'm working with people about uh potential financial tools and you see a lot of financial tools out there as well that are very mm-hmm. useful um but an app won't always tell you that um you need you need life insurance <laughs> um because of certain circumstances that are going on in your life an app won't tell you that you know, maybe you don't need to buy that car because you told me that something else is more important in your life, you know, because you want to get married and you're trying to put some money True. away for that or you want to buy a house. Um, so you, you need that. You need that conversation. You need to have that interaction with someone for them to understand what your situation looks like. So, you know, the app will, will, will show you what your money looks like, but it won't always tell you how best to kind of interact with mm, it. I do agree with you. And I think maybe in the future, like you mentioned, um, AI disruption could come in that area and, you know, advise people mm. in that area, like how to plan their finances. But for now, they can go to Michael Donkel for yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. And like you said earlier about my website, you know, the, the website's there, uh, michaelgdonkel.com. That's, that's my personal mm-hmm. brand. That's there for um, people to see me, to understand okay. what I do. I also do uh-huh. life coaching um, and financial coaching. Um, so from that website, you can get a good understanding Perfect. of, you know, kind of areas that specialize in and, you know, you can Perfect. reach out to me. Yeah. And yeah. any other tools, popping website, they can reach out to you? LinkedIn, maybe? Uh, yeah. LinkedIn, yeah. I, I would probably say the best place LinkedIn is, is LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my oh, that's that's my specialty. Uh, Instagram's there, but I, I'm I'm really I'm I'm LinkedIn. I'm more, I'm more of a LinkedIn person, like a medium medium form content kind of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the algorithm yeah. is better as well. I can give you a full blown, 
I can give you a full yeah. blown message on on LinkedIn. I don't want to look like I'm I'm sliding in your DMs <laughs> and getting in trouble. Just so- yeah, and and um, do, do you still find yourself sliding into um potential clients' DMs, like trying to get clients? Is that kind of one way you prospect, like going into? Yeah, I think I am actively um, speaking to people yeah. on LinkedIn to 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 try and um, introduce yourself. myself. I yeah. think it's important to to always to to still do that. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. building. Um, I think this this game is about building your your mm. clients on an ongoing basis. basis as well, mm. um, finding the right people okay. to work with. So it is it's a normal thing. Okay. Yeah, and you know, the website just you know having another opportunity for people to see me and uh, know that I exist, <laughs> that I'm here uh, as a financial yeah. advisor. And if they want to reach out, then yeah, you know, happy they to, can, to yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. And, and I feel like your free consultation as well, things like that, that helps people to reach out to you because then once they have that conversation yeah. with you and they warmed up to you, you know, they're going to remind, they're going to remember you when, when, you know, when they're, when they need to, to use your service and some advice. Yeah. And, you know, I think, like you're saying, this this is about uh, warming up to the individual. This is about building a relationship because money is, yeah. you know, for some people, sacred. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, for it's not easy to just open up to anybody and go, "Hey, look, this is what my situation <laughs> yeah. looks like." You know what I mean? So you need you need to be comfortable Trust. with that person. You're you're almost forming, yeah, you're almost forming mm-hmm. a relationship with that yeah. person to some extent and relying on them to to give you the right advice as yeah. well. So yeah, it. There is a trust element there and there is a there is a level of comfort there that that needs to be in place yeah. as well and I, I like your approach because obviously with linkedin the amount of the amount of dodgy dms i would get i mean i get someone that sends me a whole essay <laughs> hi hi my name is this i do this i'm amazing at this uh you know, my, literally is a literally is a long is a long essay and then i can't be bothered what happens is Cause the message is so long, you just can't bother to. You just close. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it because the worst thing is they always start with the nicest yeah. sentence, and you're like, "Ah, oh, this guy yeah. really wants to like connect with me." And they're like, "Hey, I really wanted to connect with you because we work with." And then before you know, it's like, anyway, you are. I work with this company, and we're trading this up, it's and it's much. just like it's so much there. So it is a it is about trying to um, figure out how to to kind of. Uh, get into yeah. these conversations and, and have the right conversation with people. It's not it's not always easy, but you I think you have to go and you have to keep going and um you know work towards the the, the kind of clients that you're trying so, to find. Yeah. You know as I yeah. mentioned earlier. So right. I agree yeah. man. and I think it's important to kind of find your feet, find the approach that works for you and your brand and to find the approach that works for attracting the kind of client that you want to get as well. I mean, I mean, sending an essay yeah. LinkedIn is not going to work. You know what I mean? You know, I've even had, you know, what people send me messages on WhatsApp, you know, long messages about how, yeah, you can make all this money from stock and all this. And then they follow <laughs> up. The only thing is when they follow up with, with, with the yeah. same essay. And I'm just like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. Sorry, man. And then, okay, thanks. Have a good day. A lot of this is about, yeah, a lot of this is about personal, yeah. personal mm, touch, yeah. you know, I don't want to say oh, but I came from an era where you know you had to you had to pick up the phone and yeah, speak to someone. I've done it. I've you had to have a I've been in sales. sales I've been yeah, do you know what I mean? yeah, you got used to the idea of having that interaction yeah. with someone, and it was individual specific. Yeah. It wasn't, um, you know. I I remember being in broken and you know almost looking at scripts. There was elements yeah. of scripts that you I might want to use, but 
one thing that I used to do, and I used to tell the guys I was working with to do is, um, the minute they get the phone, they put the throw the script yeah. because they need to just it have the conversation. Natural. It needs to be organic. Yeah. 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 It needs to be organic. It, it can't come off a piece of paper because it just it's just not going to mm. make sense. You're going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time, and the person on the phone is going to not understand <laughs> what the hell you're talking about. I'm not interested in anything yeah. that you're saying. So, you know, it's all about interaction. It's it all is. about interaction. It is. Yeah, that's the modern day, modern day uh, approach. And um, if I mention Accra to you, just my final question, you know, what, what thoughts, feelings, yeah. ideas come to mind? Um. <laughs> it's weird, it's weird cause it, it feels like yeah. home. Uh, when you say that, <laughs> I, I, I've been for a couple of years. I went in 2015. Yeah. Uh, I, my parents have have, have um, a place there, so I do have the the the, the luxury of, of if I can go um, stay at their nice. place if yeah. I wanted to. But it, it's it's weird because um, you know I grew up in London. I've I've always mm-hmm. been from London, and you know it's it's just weird going back or going yeah. to Ghana. And feeling like I'm home. Yeah. It's it's nothing like it, man. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah it's nothing like it. It's yeah. nothing like it. And you know, even um, it's 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 just a weird feeling to to go there and feel comfortable and not feel like you always have to look up over your shoulder, <laughs> regardless of what the situation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you know, um, coming back to to London, I remember I was watching some. Uh, documentary, I forgot who the guy was, and he was talking about a similar thing going to the Caribbean and feeling at peace and at home. And then when he came back to London, it felt like he had the armor back oh, on. Oh, for real? And, and it, yeah, because he just felt like this isn't where I'm supposed to be a, a little bit. Even though I'm, I'm accepted yeah. here, there's still always this, this balance of trying to feel like you're just trying to yeah. fit in. It's the same. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a weird one because to be fair, I've had I've had that feeling of trying to fit in when I've gone yeah. to Ghana yeah. at times because I'm yeah. a London boy. Honestly, uh, but it's just an element of just feeling at mm. uh, at home. Yeah, that's, that's the best way for me to describe. Highs, man. Home yeah. 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 yeah, Michael, thanks thanks for coming in the show, man. Um, any last announcements before we leave? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, just from a, a kind of mental mindset, um, you know, in this kind of pandemic and with everything going on, just, you know, just try and focus on uh, the small mm. wins. You know, I, I, would, I would just say that to everyone, focus on the small wins, take one day at mm. a time. Um, don't let anyone take your shine. I like that. Um, for me, that's important. Like, be be you. Don't let anyone take your shine. Um, and and you know, just keep winning. Basically, just keep winning. Whatever I like you do. that. That rhymes, man. You really listen to Nas over here. <laughs> take it one day, one take it one day at a time. Don't let anyone steal your shine. I love that. It rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, you've been, you've been a great guest. Once again, guys, make sure you head over to the soundofacrowd.com forward slash Michael Donko. That's Michael, spelled as Michael, and Donko spelled as D O N K O R. All right. Or just head over to our website, thesoundofacrowd.com, smash that show notes button, and you'll, be, and you'll be able to find Michael there. Michael, thanks so much for your time, man. I know you've been over. No worries, man.
Yeah, good to see you, man. I appreciate this. It's my pleasure. Cheers. Thanks.